Father, this chapter 17 is very serious. Yet we've been singing songs of praise and lifting our hands and really entering into the joy that it is to be your children and to be called by you. May we be so, so aware of what you have saved us from as we talk about this this morning. Help me to be able to convey that. Speak through your word and through your servant. Open our hearts, our ears, our minds, and touch our spirits, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The conquest of the Lamb. And if you have read through Revelation, the Lamb is mentioned over and over and over and over again. He is the center of the book of Revelation. And so it's very, very significant to us to talk about the Lamb, the sacrificed Lamb, three days after Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross symbolized by this fancy one behind us, but doesn't really tell the whole story of the cruelty of that cross. And we could spend a lot of time on that, but John doesn't. You know, in the book of Revelation, there's not a lot in there about the suffering of Christ. In fact, as we talked a few weeks ago, it's about the wrath of the Lamb. And the Lamb is a picture of everybody loves lamb's wool and the Lamb. And like I told you before, I was raised on a farm and we had chickens and cows, calves, and I had a pig for a project. And I asked my dad, I don't wanna have a pig for my 4-H project, I want a lamb. Yeah, I wanted a lamb. And I never had that opportunity. And that's the one thing I miss in my childhood. This is a different lamb, the conquest, the conquering lamb in Revelation 17. Let's read together like we do every week. This is what we're telling ourselves and listening to the word of God. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Wow, we're really getting this down, aren't we? I hope we're understanding it. Let's read this from the ESV, English Standard Version. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names. And it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. You know, I, I hated to read that. And on her forehead was written, 
a name of mystery. Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes, and averse abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not, and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five who have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, and it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. And they will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord of lords, king of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute and they will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. May the Holy Spirit give us insight and wisdom. I marveled greatly. This calls for wisdom. We need wisdom. We have a lot of knowledge and information in our day and age. We lack wisdom. I marveled greatly, John says. Verses 1 and 2, the judgment of the great prostitute, the wine of her sexual immorality. One of the things that really marks our generation more than any other organized effort is what? We're all being drawn together, the nations of the world, the peoples of the world, by one system. What is it? Well, listen to this. Every second, every second of 24 hours, 28,258 users are watching pornography on the internet. This isn't a Sunday morning message. Come on, Ron, this should be in a men's group or a woman's group. 
No, we are faced with something that is drawing us to the prostitute that John was talking about. This is serious. How many have at least one computer hooked to the internet in your house? Everybody, huh? Yeah. I think it's significant. Listen to this. $3,075.64 is being spent on pornography on the internet every second. These statistics are from 2018. They're out of date, I think. Every day, 37 pornographic videos are created in the United States, not to even talk about Asia. 2.5 billion emails contain pornography. 68 million search queries are related to pornography. And I could go on and on and on and on. The judgment of the great prostitute, the wine of her sexual immorality. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names. Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And then in verses 6 to 7, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? And that's the question we as Christians have to answer and be aware of. John said this. I didn't say that. John said, I marveled. And I spent a lot of time this past week and actually even before thinking, what was John marveling about? Or in the New American Standard, it says, wondering. I wondered. Why was he pondering and wondering about this? I ask you that, and I ask you to think about this this week. Why did Jesus die? Point B says, this calls for wisdom. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come out of the abyss and go to destruction. He was and is not and will come. What a strange sentence that is. What does that mean? What does that sentence mean when it says, he was, is not, and will come? Past, present, and future. Okay, good. What does it mean in terms of continuity or the flow of time? He keeps popping up in history, taking authority. Wars, rumors of wars, things like that. It's the same cycle, was, is, is to come. Same cycle, same pitch. That's the enemy. Are we getting more spiritual? Are we getting better than our ancestors? Are we really? No, in fact, it seems like sin is mounting and growing in its impact on all of this globe, this ball that we're on. The world needs a savior. 
the world has a savior. This calls for wisdom. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. The beast which was and is not. And here's the declaration. And he goes to destruction. There is an end. And what we read is the time is near. This world is not going to last. It's not going to exist. However, we think, well, we're getting better. We're getting faster cars. We're getting to where we don't even need anything, where the government just feeds us. Yes. That's the big pitch right now in the United States. Social welfare. We don't have it yet here in Japan. We don't have it yet in the United States. That is the goal. And it's a very attractive goal for us. And we as Christians, we're participating in the internet. We're participating in social welfare and help. And that's all well and good. But where is it going? This calls for wisdom, the angel said. It says, they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. For one hour. An hour is not a very long time, and I don't even have that much. These are of one mind. That is where the world is going. As I look at this, I'm seeing this is what the world is offering. This is where we are going. We need a Savior. But we already have a Savior as believers. We have the King of Kings as our Lord and Savior. And where are we? Here in Japan. And I'm not trying to put us down. We're a very, very, very small, insignificant part of this society. And here we are, half of us are gaijin. But we're here because we want to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? But he died on a cross. He was buried. And the world says, prove to us that he rose from the dead. No, he was just drugged. No, his disciples stole him away. No, he is not my savior, and he will not be our savior, the world leaders say. And the hatred and the animosity that comes against our Lord Jesus Christ, even today, is hard to take and listen to. But listen to this. This is an answer to carry out whose purpose? What is happening in the world today that I just described? It is God's purpose. It's his plan. He has drawn in man to build for himself heaven and bringing them to a place of bowing to society and the world powers in order to be able to survive and live a happy and pleasant life. But here's what scripture says. 
These will make war on the Lamb. We already said, Jesus is the Lamb. All of these powers and all of this unity and everything that is coming in this world that we benefit from is geared to make war on the Lamb. That's their objective. But, or and, the Lamb will conquer them. You know, the uh, power the, and authority that Jesus Christ participated in, in his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection, all of that was God's answer all the way back to Genesis. Throughout the whole Bible, that has been the whole plan that God has planned. And the enemy, Satan, who says, I am like the Most High. I will be greater than the Most High. And he has a plan. And his plan is almost like a mirror image, but a shabby, shabby mirror. Not perfect. Because he is the destroyer. He is a liar. He is a thief. And he wants to draw all the world to himself. And Jesus hanging on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised in an apparently dubious way. No, no, no. Jesus Christ rose from the dead as scriptures by the centuries predicted and said. And he became the conqueror by being the lamb. And the lamb lives and the lamb conquers. But these lambs are so woolly and fuzzy and, and, and nice to, to pet. Jesus is very kind, very compassionate. He's our brother. He's our older brother. He knows my heart. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He walked where you walk. I want to hug him. I want to thank him. I want him to know how much his victory, his power, his way brings me to a place where I am free from the weight of my own sin and those things that pull me down, my own bent personality, my own broken upbringing. He's my savior, the sacrifice lamb, the one who died for everyone in this room. That's who we praise. He is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and those with him are the called. The called. Have you heard Jesus call your name? Has he called you? And the chosen, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Have you heard that voice? Have you responded? Have you received his choosing? and the faithful, those who have come to know him, committed our lives to him, and they come to us and say, okay, 
Take this number on your forehead. Take it on your hand. Are we going to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ and what his word says and to refuse and to stand in that day? I believe many of us in this room will face this and probably much earlier than what you think of making this choice. Share with your children. Share with your family what this entails, what this is about. Fascinating verses. Uh, Verse 17. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out his purpose. These who have intent to kill the lamb, to destroy the church, and to eradicate Christianity from the face of the earth. God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Let me just read Psalm 145.13 Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Who wrote that psalm? Who wrote that psalm? It was David. Who was he? He was a king. And he recognized, yeah, he was a man of sin. Written right in the Bible, we read about it. But he had a heart after God. He wrote that, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Who quoted that psalm in Daniel 4? Who was it? Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king. He became an animal. He became a beast. And God returned him to the kingdom and he acknowledged who the king of kings was. And so he wrote, or said, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures from generation to generation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Here's seven things that I thought was good for us to think about. Number one, a public execution assured that he actually died. Soldiers came along to see if he was dead or not, and they stuck a spear in his side. And what flowed out? Not pumped blood. It wasn't pumped blood. In other words, his heart was not beating. Blood and water which is characteristic of the heart stopping. He was dead. They certified that. High officials secured the gravesite. Whose seal was on it? The Roman 
seal was on that gravesite, that stone. The grave was found empty. Peter came and ran and looked in there. And what did he find? The grave clothes. And amazingly, the wrappings around Jesus' head were laying in its place. What does that speak of? His body went right through those grave clothes. He was raised from the dead. Many people claimed to have seen him alive. Yes, they did. Over 500, the Bible records. His apostles were dramatically changed. Wow, what a difference he has made in our lives. Amen? Witnesses were willing to die for his claims. What kind of witnesses are we? Jesus' death and resurrection was clearly predicted. And what we're doing today is we are celebrating, not with whistles and bells and firecrackers and that sort of thing, but by the fact that we are resolved to follow the King, the Lamb. That is our calling in life. That is what he has brought us to. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen. I will follow. He is my king. He is my Lord. Father, thank you for Revelation 17. It frightens us. It concerns us. It causes us pause to wonder and marvel. Are we living in that day today? We see it coming. I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters in this room that we all be able to stand in that day when we're called upon to refuse the way of the world, the way of Satan, the way of his servants, and to resist and to stand firmly in our confession that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And in the midst of this unpleasant reality and what is being called on us to do, may the blessing of Aaron, the high priest, the Lord, the Lamb, bless you and keep you. The Lord, the Lamb, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, the Lamb, lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And all his people said, Amen.